Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts and I believe that we all have a purpose and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Welcome to another episode of People with Purpose. Uh, I'm very pleased to be joined today by Michelle Walker-Smith, who's a property investor, uh, mentor and business owner, a company uh, Aqualettings has an outstanding reputation uh, in the northeast of England for, for going the extra mile uh, for landlords and tenants alike. And Michelle is a, is a lovely, warm person uh, who, uh, who I've met a few times now and has always made me feel very welcome and very well looked after. So Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> yes, you're, you're very welcome. Very welcome. So, uh, so you're in the northeast of England. Yes, sunny, sunny Morpeth. Born and bred in Newcastle upon Tyne, but moved up to Morpeth in Northumberland once I got married, and uh, we've we'll, we'll settled here. We we'll love it. Lovely. I do like the northeast of England. I, do, I have a bit of a. Uh, uh, a, a, a I'm, I'm from the southwest, uh, but I have a bit of a, uh, of a of a history of being involved in businesses uh, in in that neck of the woods, from Teesside all the way up through. Uh, and I was I was actually up north of Newcastle. Um, also in Newcastle, uh, uh, about two weeks ago, actually on a visit. So, uh, so oh, I like you that should have given me a shout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was one of, it was one of those very very tight turnaround things. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I had about I had about twenty minutes at the airport for getting the the, the Logan Air flight back to the southwest. Oh right, mm, mm, next, mm. Time. Next, next time, next time, definitely next time, yeah. next time. So, what are you working on right now? Um, so, well, at the moment, uh, I'm in Aqua Lettings, which is. Um, as you say, a, a lettings agency, um, and we've been on the go about six and a half years. So currently trying to scale and grow that business, and um, you know bring other landlords with properties on board. Um, I've got a waiting list of, of tenants who you know, would like to be rehoused by us because we do tend to go that extra mile for people and try to make sure that they're, they're settled in the home. We don't just like to put them in and forget about them. Um, you know, we'll make like, if, if they're on benefits, we'll make sure that they've got all the benefits that they're entitled to, um, you know, or, or if, if they're working again, we just, you know, what we do kept keep in touch with them to, ensure that they know that we're not strangers you know it's we're like the personal touch that's brilliant because service is uh is is so so important in every industry isn't it and unfortunately you know uh letting and, and renting can come with its troubles and, and and with its strains can't it both both for tenants and landlords alike so so oh, absolutely yeah so it, 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 it's, it's part of your job to kind of bridge that gap and to help to make it work for everyone it is. I mean, it, you know, it's kind of it's a fine line between giving somebody a quality house, um, but then not having to spend an absolute fortune on things because obviously repairs, essential repairs need doing. And, and we always, you know, prioritise any sort of repairs. I've had some tenants send me photographs that um, I wouldn't put an animal in, in the properties, you know. So it, it is a very fine line because obviously landlords, uh, investors are, are in it for the return. Um, but also, you know, the, the do luckily the ones we have on board um they do want people to to have a 
long tenancy and happy tenancy because once they're settled in, in, you know, you don't really want them to move if, if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose if I think about my, my renting days, uh, that was probably more in the in the, in the the 90s and I bought my first house in the early 2000s. So I imagine things might have changed a little bit since then. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a, in housing management for 25 years, probably slightly over now, to be honest. Um, and I've worked for local authorities and housing associations. I mean, private letting is very different insofar as, um, I mean, the, the government are bringing in more um, sort of legislation to protect tenants. But, uh, you know, I think um, I, I think it's right that, that we do so that gives people more security. Um, I mean, I think back in the day that there was nothing like deposit schemes and, um, you know, I I know that that some landlords would use that to their advantage, which doesn't happen so much anymore, or that the tenants have recourse. But what what we try and do, I think the difference with us is we try to keep the lines of communication open so that if there is going to be an issue either throughout the tenancy or at the end of the tenancy, we can get it sorted so that the tenant can get the full deposit back or they know where we're going to take the money from and, and we kind of keep it all amicable um, and touch wood so far that's that's been that's worked you know <laughs> excellent well if you've got a waiting list of landlords something must be going right yeah well that's it I mean um, we, we do like to to pride ourselves on on you know just keeping everybody up to date and as uh, communications key um so you know that the landlords are bringing the properties in w- without us having to sort of um actively look look for them at the moment um and we don't use to let boards it's all done through uh word of mouth and i mean we'll manage over 100 properties now throughout the northeast and south northumberland and places like that so we, we like to hopefully we like to think we're doing something right you know <laughs> fantastic so so what's your story then where did your journey start and how did you end up here Oh, well, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I say, I, I used to be in housing management. Um, I was a housing assistant once I'd done my degree, um, it, which it wasn't related. I did a business degree, but um, it was it was more the, the people interaction that, that I enjoyed. So I loved that position, worked my way up um, to, to team leaders. Then it was when I met my husband, um, he well I moved down to Wolverhampton because that's where he's from didn't settle there but I worked in a place called um Karma Housing in, in Karma in Walsall which was a very poverty stricken area um then my husband decided would rented my original house out up in the northeast when I moved into his house and then because I didn't settle he said why don't we Remortgage both properties and buy another one back up in the northeast to to get back up north. So that was how we started the idea about investing. You know, we, we had our both our personal properties, but um, and I at the time was so risk averse, and the idea of releasing money out the property and upping your mortgage payments it was just it was absolutely terrifying for me who was so so frightened of of my own shadow you know I like I'd always been brought up to sort of pay your mortgage down don't have any credit cards um you know 
that that's bad debt sort of thing. And I wish I'd known then what I know now because I wouldn't have done the same or neither of us would have done the same sort of thing. So cut long story short, we came back up to the northeast. The credit crunch hit and Pete got made redundant. Um, so he'd been on an emailing list um, for a property, a large property training company. So he thought, right, I'm sick of other people deciding when I'm going to work and when I'm not. So he, um, I was eight months pregnant with Patrick at that point. So I'd said, mine, don't sign up to any courses. You know, that's because the, the three months or however, I, I don't know, you know, I'd kind of made it in my head that, yes, we're all right for the three months mortgage payments um, for him to find another job. Uh, as I say, I was heavily pregnant. Um, and he, he came back from the, the, the uh, weekend course and tail between his legs. But he was like a man on speed as well. He'd had so many light bulb moments about what we were going to do. And of course, he'd signed up to a 12 month course, which practically wiped this these savings out. So as you can imagine, I nearly gave birth, divorced him, and kicked him out the house. He, you know, my, my risk aversion, I'd kind of been confronted with this head on and it was just like, oh my God, we're going to lose the house. But, you know, we've got two other children. Um, so anyway, um, I, once I'd calmed down a little bit and he went through everything and um, his mum and dad had uh, passed away, unfortunately, and, and his, his niece was living in their property. Um, so we'd, we made some sort of agreement with his sister and brother to remortgage that property to get to basically buy our first um, investment properties apart from the, the accidental ones that we had. So that, that worked. Then obviously I had had the baby and I said, oh, I don't want to be involved in all of the, this property game. I want to enjoy Patrick. He's my last. Um, so we were going to um, allow a, a different letting agent to manage. The, the, we brought 13 houses in, in 12 months um, and uh, I, she just wasn't letting them quick enough and she would blame the summer holidays. There was always a reason. And I said, oh, I said, it's not fair. It's not right that because when I was a housing officer, we had targets to meet. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. So I just put a couple of adverts out on just on Facebook and I started getting people responding um, and then I would check them out. And luckily, because I already had the housing background, I had the various forms that I could use for applications and, you know, knew that we had to get the permission to check them out and blah, blah, blah. And Aqualettings was born on the dining room table at that point because I started checking people out, communicating, because I knew quite a lot of the, the, the um, landlords anyway who had been landlords of these people, left the properties and thought, oh, I quite like this. So started doing it you know, sort of instead of going back to, to my part-time job then. Um, so that was the first sort of how we became investors and I started the, the lettings agency on the back of that. But I think the the, the biggest push that I had to, to um, deal with was Pete was going to be the um, deal sourcer, if you like, to bring organic properties into the portfolio for us to, to expand and he kind of tinkered along with that. And, you know, we did bring landlords organically through. But then he started dealing with commercial conversions. And, and there were there was two jobs he was doing, um, residential, sorry, commercial to residential. 
um, and the first one, uh, the, the, the main funder didn't pay as according to the plan. So um, he eventually had to give that property. He was going to liquidise, but the, the actual funder took the property back because, as I say, Peter, he tried all the different options and it just wasn't working. But that left us with thousands of pounds of debt because uh, that we were personal guarantees for that. Then the, the second one was um, actually it was in in Morpeth. Um, it was a, a sort of a council office that he was making into flats with two other business partners. They ended up falling out. Total, they, they were friends anyway, and it was that two's company, three's a crowd. And unfortunately, Pete's face just didn't fit. He'd gone on in on trust. Because he's, you know, he's a trustworthy sort of bloke and he just thinks everybody else is like him. So although that didn't cost us financially, there was four years of his life while he was going through planning and it was a listed building. Uh, so I've said to him, he needs to write a course on how not to do commercial conversion. So as you can imagine, again, we've had loads of fractious conversations, but it pushed me into becoming more assertive and growing the business and pushing myself out the comfort zone because I had to, um, you know, it was it was kind of down to me to to become the breadwinner almost um, and just stop being, you know, I, I was kind of trying to um, blame, not blame him, but, you know, I, there was a, a, an element that I did, even though I didn't, I knew he hadn't done it intentionally, it, you know, you're, you're scared at that point because of the amount, you know, I'm, I'm talking about tens of thousands of pounds of debt um but we're, we're coming out the other end now but but basically that's my life in a nutshell up to this point <laughs> okay so so and i'm sorry for laughing at, at your husband uh, coming home when you were eight months, oh, <laughs> eight no, months no, it is yeah it is it, i mean it's hilarious now but at the time it was just like my god you mm, know? <laughs> mm. yeah and uh and and i I kind of, in a way, I've been there because because uh, because both both me and me and my lovely wife Penny, uh, we 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 we're pretty well aligned, but but sometimes we make decisions independently, and then we come back and tell each other what we've done, and yeah, uh, yeah and, we, and we've stayed we've stayed friends, so that's that's good. <laughs> that's good, yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's all good. We're quite a good team, really. But uh, but it is it is it is um interesting to me how you say you're quite risk averse, mm. but you're. Uh, your 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 business and your entrepreneurial spirit because what we've not talked about is the fact that you've started a couple of businesses in the last few months on top of what you're doing with the lettings business so Absolutely. so to stretching comfort zone how, how have you how have you gone from being a kind of a a, a, a risk averse person oh. to, to to taking these risks yeah I mean it's taken a lot I think because I, I was all, I was a bit of a sheep, I think, to be quite honest with you, when I, you know, as I say, I was sort of comfortable, had my own house, company car, and I was just doing what all my friends were doing, getting the job that, you know, um, and then obviously when I, when I met Pete, everything kind of went belly up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bless him, I love him really. But, um, you know, and I, and I think once... He, because he's always been my hero insofar as he was always the breadwinner. I, I felt protected, about, you know, he was all, everything was all right. Because whatever Pete said, it was nine times out of 10, it did happen or he made happen. And then all of a sudden he'd had these 
failures, you know, I mean, he admits them himself. And, you know, he, he was a broken man himself. And again, I'm not speaking out of turn. You know, he, he did sort of, you know, it, it damaged his confidence. He, he felt as though he'd let me down. Um, and to see him like that, I just kind of almost, I just thought to myself, I've got no right to put added pressure on him for him to provide my happiness, if you know that, if that makes sense. Mm. So I thought I've got to grow myself. I've got to grow a pair of balls myself. Sorry, but you know that that was basically what I, I thought because I thought if I don't, we're, we're going to go under, and we've got three children to provide for, um, and you know, so it was kind of a, I forced myself because I just thought if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it, and then getting my education, my property education, because he, as I say, he joined this 12 months um, property training, um, which was sort of six, seven years ago before Aqualettings, or sorry, it was sort of, I think it was during when Aqualettings started. Um, and I kind of heard bits and bobs off the back of it. and But I always thought that him networking, I was like, oh, you're offering another coffee with, you know, because I just didn't understand the, the, importance if you like of the um relationship building and the networking and and the education i just i, I genuinely didn't understand it and then i came into the the, the same um company and uh, started doing you know i've I signed up to to three or four different um masterminds and i, I thought e this is this is really what i need to do to to grow aqua and then you know the the different strategies because obviously our, our strategies the the buy to let but then i've kind of dabbled with service accommodation and the the service accommodation was the managed the landlords that i was talking to were saying well it's the cleaning side that seems to let us down and i thought all oh, right well i'd spoken with, with one of actually she's one of my tenants um she's been with with us for six years now so she's a friend and she said start a cleaning agent I'll clean but I want to become employed by you so I thought all right why don't I so I kind of put an advert out on Facebook just advertising our services and, and you know it's that's growing um and then the, the, the mentoring side again I think it's from the educational side that, that people tell you if you've got a history like you know quite a colorful history like we have tell people about it because you know the experience that we've had and, and I mean you know for all I know Peter's um businesses didn't quite go according to plan but he's got a wealth of experience behind him now so that when he feels ready he can bring that and he'll not make the same mistakes again um so at the moment he's kind of just left because it, it's difficult having two um like me sort of firing on all cylinders and doing x y and z so he's kind of a bit more taking it not taking a foot off the gas but you know he's not doing as much um because somebody has to be there for the, the family as well you know so um it, it, it but it, it has been i've just had to had to do it and as i say to pete he's created a bit of a monster because i don't take as much rubbish as i used to either, <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I was saying. Be, be careful, be careful what what you ask for, because you might you might end up getting it. Yeah, that's what I say, <laughs> don't they? Yeah. So, that's so, it. so, but, but your but your experience must be really helpful for other people now. With your with you've started your 
because it is property property mentoring you've started yeah, that's doing, right. isn't it? Yeah, mm. I mean, I, I've got three three mentees on board at the moment, um, and uh, you know, I'm hoping that that we that they can learn from us, because um, I've, I've said to them they can have access to, to Pete as well, because I think they're dabbling with the idea of possibly commercial to residential as well and I said well that's not my forte but you know Peter can come in on the conversations and that they can you know because we have got all round um experience that can you know hopefully prevent people from making the mistakes we have you know mm. um so yeah so that that's going pretty well and 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 um you know there's a couple of calls that I've got booked in so it, it is you know you just have to keep going yeah, that's great. And and what I also like about the way your your businesses are evolving, or one of the things I like, is that is that they're they're related, they're in related fields. So the cleaning and the mentoring and the and the lettings and it's, it's kind yeah. of there's a property link there. But also, yeah. you know, what what back to the start of the conversation, talking about service. Yeah. You know, that seems to be something that's really really important to you. I mean, what 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 do you what, what's your ethos when it comes to to service and customer service. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't let a property unless I was prepared to live in it myself. You know, it wouldn't have to be, you know, top of the range, what, whatever. But I, I do like, you know, just, just because somebody, because I think that historically has been a bit of a, a stigma about renting. Not so much these days, but certainly in the, in the past. Um, and I don't want somebody to think, oh, well, you know, that they're, they're just renting people don't care about about this property you know the, the company ethos is to to work with people you know through through covid i think we only had one person who um came to us to try and get a um she said uh oh you you landlords are getting um mortgage holidays can we have a rent holiday and i said you know i said you're, you're on housing benefit anyway you know the government's paying for, for, for your, your rent so you, you would have to pay it at the end of the the, the um the period anyway uh but 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 people managed to come to us and say i'm struggling and, and we worked with them you know um I, I i tried to sort of interact as though you know I'll, I'll say if somebody comes on board or oh, welcome to the aqua family because I want them to to feel as though they can contact us if, if necessary. I mean, don't get me wrong; we are putting more systems in place now to make it more streamlined. But but people still can get access to us as individuals, and and that's very important. You know, um, I, I love the the face to face meetings, looking people in the eye, and. and discussing what issues they have um that that's very important that, that people know that the cat even if they, they can't you know if, if they have a bad month i'd rather somebody came to me and said i'm not going to pay on time or i can only afford to pay half this month but i will make it up the next month you know the, it's the the to and fro communication that's so important to me yeah um, yeah and you mentioned about yeah relation relationships being key yeah, 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 totally. I mean, and as regards to cleaning, I trust Ashley implicitly that, that she, she cleans my house, she cleans the office. Uh, and I know that the, the set of girls that she's got for her, um, you know, her house is always clean. And I've got that trust with them that I know that they're going to do a good job. I mean, I, I tend to bring the, the work on board and then but I know that she's gonna do do a good job about it. It's all how how we would like 
our houses done or, or you know, our cleans done sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what next then, Fraqua? How, 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 how big do you want it to get? You talked about the fact that you like the personal touch. I mean, are you are you thinking about how to how to scale it and who, who you might bring in and what might be important about the kind of person that you bring in if you do? Yeah, I mean, I would like to scale it to the, to the point that I can bring in a property manager, who, but they would have to have the same ethos as me, you know, and, and I mean, Tony, who works for me at the moment, she's office-based, but she's very much the same as me. She gets, you know, she has a cracking conversation with the tenants and, and sort of, you know, even if it's a, a difficult conversation, she'll get them laughing and realise that it's not, because there's a lot of mental health out there, you know, issues out there, so... People, I think, do have a, t- or what I found in my housing experience is that people tend to put their head in the sand. Um, so it would have to be somebody who would go that extra mile to people. Um, and, and ultimately, once I get more houses, obviously, I'd like to bring somebody else on board so that I can take a little bit. I, I would never be able to not be involved. I'd always have to be in, in there somewhere because I've, I've had tenants for, for years who I, I go and see. And, you know, we've been invited to a wedding, a christening, a birthday party. So we do go you know have that that good relationship with with some of the tenants um i mean i had thought about sort of ultimately moving and and maybe doing a franchise or but but i don't want to lose that that personal touch so whether we grow that big because i have you know there are companies that i've worked in either through housing or when I worked in a construction place, they grew too quickly and you, you do just become a number. Um, and and I, I don't know that that's not what Aqua is all about. So I would like to grow, but as for how big, I, I, I'm not 100% sure about that yet. Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, that's, um, that's fair enough. It's got to be right for you. And so from, from your point of view, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in you know why you're, doing what you're doing now I mean and what keeps you going because I know why you did it in the first place because you've told yeah, us that but what's yeah. your what is your why now well I mean because of, of the situation we found ourselves in when people was made redundant it kind of brought home how easy it would be for somebody to become homeless and I think this day and age nobody should be homeless um, especially with the amount of empty buildings that there are round and about um, so I, I I tend to look past the, the, the people um, come to, to Aqua and, you know, they might say I've got um, a bad credit history. You know, if I've had a, if they've had a relationship breakdown, it might have been their partner who's built up a load of debt or, you know, whatever reason or veterans um, with, who've come out. The, the, the supported service and then they're the needing to, to have a home which is a little bit more so I mean we're not social workers to be fair but um you know we, we do give a little bit more support and I would like to think if my kids grow up and either hopefully they won't but you never know if they go off the beaten path or they meet they get in with the wrong crowd I would like to think that there was an organization somewhere that would help them mm. and give them that chance because the amount of tenants I've had come to me who've been absolutely on on last chance saloon, um, you know there, there was one of 
well, he's been a tenant for a few years now, but he came um, and I knew he wasn't right for the, the house that he'd actually come to view, but he just spilled his story. And I said, well, I can't really put you in there because that was a house I was managing, but I just, I could feel something about him because I do do things by instinct, you know, mm-hmm. quite a bit. I check people out formally, but it is instinctive, you know, and I just thought he needs a chance. So one of our houses were, were empty. So I said, you know, come and have a look at this one. And that was a two bed and he's now in in one of our three beds because he's had a family and, you know, his um, eldest son would have been taken away from him had I not given him that chance. Um, and I, I just feel that, especially with the rising costs of, of utilities and, you know, life's hard at the moment. Um, and I, I think that it has to be more than just about the money. I mean, yes, we're all in it to make, you know, the earn a living. Um, but I, I would just like to think that somebody would look out for my kids if they needed it. And that, that's what drives me. How close I felt as though, you know, we could have lost everything. Um, and, you know, it, it just drives me that I've got a, I, I, I like providing quality houses to, for you know which are affordable um for, for others because I, I you know i just think that ultimately my kids might need something like that mm-hmm. and again property uh you know again there's a bit of a perception isn't there around property investors being people that are only in it the money for the money but but oh, so yeah. many so i mean somebody's home is 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 vital isn't it so and, yeah. and I'm, i've been actually i've been really surprised at the number of people that i've met who are in property you talk in a very similar way to the way yeah. that you're talking which is about actually this is about helping people who've got problems and helping yeah. to find solutions for those problems yeah that's right i mean because I, I was in the paper um a couple of weeks ago and i, I just happened to I, I don't know what i was looking for something in my social media and it, it popped up there was three comments on and i thought oh have a look who's commented on it and I mean it didn't bother me to be fair because I've never been trolled as such I was like oh I've had my first trolls (laughs) um you know I was quite chuffed (laughs) but one of them had said um these people um who buy houses for renting prevents people from having affordable houses to buy and I didn't respond because I just thought you know that's that's their opinion but I thought if it wasn't for investors buying properties and renting them out, then a lot of people wouldn't have a home because they can't afford um, the deposit or that they might have bad credit, which sort of means they can't get a mortgage. And I just thought, you know, I think gone are the days where um, that, that because, that you know, especially with the APC values rising, the landlords are going to have to spend money or maybe they might be entitled to, to grants. We're, we're actually looking at that ourselves at the moment, but predominantly it's going to be the landlords who have to spend money on these properties to bring them up to the, the level that they have to be. Um, and then, you know, obviously you've got insurance, there's mortgages to pay. So it, it's not, it's not, you know, I think unless you have loads and loads of properties, it's not particularly the, the earner that most people perceive it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you're right with, I'm in, I'm in underfloor heating and, and, and heat pumps. So yeah. I, I, I see quite a lot about what's happening with building regulations and what's coming down the tracks. And there's a massive job to be done. Uh, yeah. There's, what is it? 20 odd million 
homes that, that exist in, in in the UK right now, and uh, and the vast majority of them are are below the current building reg standard. So for yeah. energy efficiency and all that sort of stuff. So there's going to be a lot of upgrading that's going to need to be done. There is. I mean, we've worked closely on a couple of our properties that have been managed. That haven't been our personal properties. Um, and there was different restrictions, uh, but the Green Deal grant worked with us and, and we got um, t- two properties upgraded. I think it was electrical storage heating and um, thermal plaster boards. And I, I mean, the rules have changed and, and Pete's sort of liaising with, with the guys to see what else we can provide for our land, or they can provide, I should say, not us, um, provide for our landlords, because a lot of them are getting a bit jittery and thinking, oh, am I going to have to spend 10 grand on this house to, to bring it up to level? Because that wipes out, you know, a lot of profit sort of thing, you know. So a lot of our landlords are getting jittery about it. Um, so we, we are, you know, trying to sort of find out ways that it, it benefits everybody, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so that's really interesting then. So you, you had that that um back to your your why you had that kind of possibility of being at, at risk of 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 losing yeah. your home and yeah. and that then triggered then for you to to kind of get into uh, helping others to make sure that that they would never be in that that situation yeah how how does that play through for you is that is that how, what you see as the purpose of your your life now or does your life broaden that so. Well, because we've always, or I've always been very much a, a people person insofar as I, I've, I've always wanted to help people from, from being a young age. Um, I mean, you know, going back to, to my teens, I did Camp America, which was um, uh, when I, I went over and I was a swimming coach for, for younger kids, American kids who were, were in um, summer camp. And, you know, I've always wanted to either go into a teaching role or there was a, um, I thought about human resources as a career. And then um, because of, well, we had issues. I had appendicitis um, in my mid-30s, so we needed IVF to have our children. Mm-hmm. Um, and both boys have got um uh, I call them extra bits on the heart. They're, they're, they're just Nathan, the eldest, had a, a basically a, a lump on his heart, um, which is it, now that his heart's grown, it, you can hardly tell. But they're monitored annually, and we um, he was at the Freeman Hospital when he was first born. So we did all three christenings of our kids as charitable um, fundraisers for the the Freeman Hospital. Because uh, I think until something like that happens to you, I wasn't really aware of poorly. I knew about poorly children, obviously, but when I walked into that ward when Nathan was in in the crib, and there was babies with half a heart and hearts the wrong way around, and I just thought, oh my god, how lucky am I that you know he's going to be all right? Um, you know, some some of the children aren't, and the the, the NHS can't um, afford what we heard when we, we spoke to some of the nurses. Was the NHS at the time couldn't afford to um, buy equipment that was ne- vital for these kids' survival? Um, they were having to go to contri- um, charitable contributions. So we thought, right, we'll do 
fundraisers for the christenings um you know and raised money for them because you know they're, they're lovely when people want to buy your christening gifts but they gather dust over the years mm-hmm. so we just felt like doing something which was going to be a bit more beneficial for, for others you know because we were lucky enough that you know both our boys are, are touch wood they're, they're absolutely fine although they're monitored um and then, you know, I shaved my hair off through COVID. I was trying to keep in touch with my tenants and keep spirits up. So I did a live shave off of my hair and, and um, raised money for the for the NHS. Um, so I think I, I raised about £1,500 at that point. over, you know, And it just meant that, that I was interacting with my tenants because a lot of them were lonely, you know. Um, so I've always been that sort of people person who wants to make if other people are happy i'm happy if you know what i mean yeah that that sort of way yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense that's brilliant michelle i mean that's fantastic and you did the uh the ceo sleep out recently didn't you yeah just last thursday yes and that's the third one i've done of them as well i did one at anik gardens about five years ago i think it was and then through covid there was a sleep out in which obviously we had to do in the in our houses so i got the kids involved um, and then the, the one on, on Thursday, which was at St. James's Park in Newcastle, and that was fantastic. I mean, there was 120 business leaders there. And apparently today, I just got a um, an email from the, the CEO, the organiser of it, and they've raised £80,000 for the homeless charities, um, which feed into the, the, the CEO charity. So, um, you know, it's brilliant that, it's, that people are still donating even after the event. So it's really good. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Excellent. So, wow, that's um, that's brilliant. And uh, yeah, it's. I don't know how you found the time to fit it all in, to be honest. Well, me, me bag's under the eyes. <laughs> I keep on going and going and going. And then I'm like, one night I'm just like, right, half past eight. I need to go to bed. I, I go to bed with a little one, you know, and uh, that, that's me out for the count. But it is, it is busy. Um, I do love it. It is stressful, but, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm hoping that one day I'll be able to sort of, take a step back and, and things will run themselves with just a little bit of my input and then I can I can chill out. <laughs> mm. But I suppose I suppose if you if it if it if it feels like work, it's a different thing. If it doesn't feel like work, then you're doing something you enjoy, I guess. Yeah, that's right. I mean I, I think everybody has days where I think, why am I doing this? You know, <laughs> but nine times out of ten, I, I do love it. Um I do love the feedback, the interaction with people. Uh, you know, I went to to um collect an award um the, a couple of weeks ago um for, for the management, the property management side. And last year, actually I haven't got the certificate yet for that, but I I won um if uh, um oh, what's it called again? Fabulous friend. Um for the, for the inspirational uh, women of the year, that was March last year that I won that award. So I think it's when you get recognised as well. It, it kind of makes you think, oh well, I, I am doing good in the world. You know, it's worth it, sort of thing. Fantastic, fantastic. So people quite often ask me about uh, about um, so they're, they're doing something that they don't particularly enjoy, and um, that they they feel like they've got a calling or they've got a purpose, but they're not quite sure about how to to make that transition i mean have you got any advice for people who 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 are, who, who are in that position oh i think go with your gut feeling um you know if you've got an idea or a um uh you know a, a sort of that you really if you want to do it badly enough you'll make it happen 
you know that that's what I've found is is you know if you've got that passion you know whatever passion it might be um you know whether you, you go to elsewhere to, to learn to sort of believe in yourself because I've had to work a lot on my mindset to, to have the confidence in my own convictions and don't be frightened to make mistakes get a mentor join masterminds um read your books your podcasts you know whatever you do to, to I just think you've only got one life um, so if you're sitting there thinking oh I would like to do this or I would like to do that just give it a go. If it, if it doesn't work, you, you've always got your experience of, of whatever else you've done in your life that you can pick up on, but at least you'll have tried it because if you don't try it, you could get to the ripe old age of 70, 80 or whatever and think, oh, I wish I'd done this. Or I wish I'd done that. By which time it's probably too late, you know, so just do it, I think. Just have a try. Because it sounds like you're not going to have any regrets. You won't have time. Well, I know. <laughs> You're right there. <laughs> Makes me wonder what I'll put on my gravestone. <laughs> At least I tried. <laughs> well, yeah, just just, just like lying down for a rest. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've always said I could sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Because also the, the other thing that, that that's I think people people will will say to themselves, well, I want to do something to give back. You know, I want I want to, but I, but I just haven't got the time. But it sounds like. Like I say, you're you're fitting that in and around what you're already doing, but there's there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a theme that joins them all together. It seems. Yeah, I mean, I think people often say, "I haven't got time," and if I think if they're really honest with themselves and look deep in themselves, I think that's a bit of an excuse because you know it, it's like they say, "I haven't got time." to, I don't know, go and see whoever or call whoever. If you really, really wanted to, you would make time. You know, it might even just be a text saying, you know, thinking about you now, but we will catch up at the weekend or whatever. But I do, because I've done it myself. I haven't, you know, said I haven't got time. But when I've really thought about it, it it's it's just making an excuse, uh, you know, for putting off what what you're, you're not so sure about. Um and um, it, it's, you know, it, it just, I think you've just got to have a go and be realistic with yourself and be honest with yourself. You know, everybody's got time. You know, you, you know, you've got 24 hours in the day. So structure your day to make time to do what you want to have a try at. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose it doesn't have to be a, a big, massive thing, does it? It can be something quite, quite simple uh, to start off with and see see if you like it. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, I think you can, depending on if it's, I don't know, if you're wanting to give back to people, you know, you can volunteer, you can sort of, I mean, um, my mum's a prime example, bless her, she's 80 now, but when she retired, she was going to go to hospitals and read to the elderly um, and, you know, give a bit back that way. And she never did it. Um, and, she, she, and she says, oh, I, I never had time. And the amount of times that she said it, I thought to myself, she really wants to do that. But, you know, she's procrastinated a little bit. And a part of it will have been confidence as well, because I think you do have to step outside your comfort zones to approach whatever it is, you know. Um, but, you know, in my uh experience the the networking side of things used to take me right out my comfort zone because 
I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not shutting up today, but generally I used to be quite shy. And I think I am still quite shy in situations where I'm not sure of. But, you, you know, you just have to remember 90% of the people in the room are in the same situation as you, you know, and I, I, I just find some sort of common ground to, to talk to somebody about the family or, or experience or whatever it is, and you might find common ground. And, you know, they might guide you into doing something that you think, oh, that, that is what sort of, you know, it, it, it aligns with what I want to do and then you can do it together. You know, it just it's amazing how opportunities come up when you're least expecting them as well, if you're in the right mindset, you know. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. You, you, do, you do need to be on, on rec- receive mode or receptive to those things when they come up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there was, because I'm starting to um, put myself out on um, social media. Well, to be fair, it's not me who's putting it out there, but, you know, uh, as, a, as a team, we're starting to um, try and to get out there and get noticed more. And um, it, it, it's, I was got a message, a private message from somebody who'd been watching my social media and um she invited me to to do a venture with her. Actually, I, I, I'm I'm not sure whether it's it's public knowledge, so I, I, I'm waiting for her to actually announce it. But and I just thought to myself, wow, who who would have thought that somebody was watching little old me, you know? But because when I send the content to to like you know my my PA who who puts it out there, I'm only talking to her, so it doesn't matter to me who who receives it. And then all of a sudden, I'll be hearing people saying oh yeah I saw you on and I, I listened to this and I, I just think oh wow you know it, it's amazing who's actually watching you yeah yeah because they don't always uh they don't always respond and uh and I'm like you I've been on, on a similar journey really with with this podcast I've I've yeah. I've been active on LinkedIn but not really on any other platforms and and I've talked yeah. more about uh, I suppose in, environmental policy and, and and that kind of thing because that's been been my, my core my core business but now I'm talking yeah. more about about leadership and, and all those sorts of things and uh yeah. and actually really the, the the way you do your job as well as the job that you do they're yeah. both valid things to talk about aren't they and for me leadership's really really uh crucial and that whole thing about personal leadership and organizational leadership getting the best out of teams service yeah. all that kind of thing so i'm talking more about that and it has been quite surprising actually the the number of comments you get back most of them are private messages to be to be fair yeah. Uh, about um yeah like that i learned from that oh can i just ask you a question about this and again yeah i didn't like that i've had my first one star review for the podcast as well oh, really? yeah, yeah yeah so i'll have to celebrate that and uh and <laughs> yeah. but, but trouble is there's no comments so i can't do anything with it you need, yeah. you, need, you need to know what the feedback actually means don't you to do something with it really well, that's right. And I think sometimes people will just give negative feedback if they've had a bad day themselves as well, you know. And, and you know, I used to take every, if I ever had a, a negative feedback, oh, I would, I would really take it to heart and I would chew on it probably for about a week and, and think, oh, why are they being so nasty? Whereas now it's just like, e, well, OK, not every not everybody's going to like everything. So, you know, you just it's all a learning experience, isn't it? At the yeah, end of the day. exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple of quick fire questions now, if you don't mind. Yeah. No, not at all. So, so uh, just to sort of just find out a little bit more about you in other other areas of your life. So, what's your yeah. favourite album and why? Oh goodness me! Well, I'm I'm out of touch with all the um, 
up-to-date music. I'm a bit of a dinosaur and all of that. I mean, I probably love Aha, uh, uh-huh, the, the album. That was one of the first albums I ever bought. And I just, I love Morton Harkett. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Morton Harkett or Pal, wasn't it? It was, which one Which one should we swoon over? I'm not sure. <laughs> Oh, Morton every day for me. <laughs> okay, well, that's classic 80s stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. That sounds great. And, and, and what would be your perfect weekend? Oh, uh, well, I, I love I love the beach, hence the, the name Aqua, because that, that was, you know, the, the, the water. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Scorpio, so I'm a water sign. I love the beach, so it would have to be somewhere with, it, with a nice beach, preferably with a little bit of sunshine, but not too hot. But um, it would just be a, a relax, I think, just so that if the, if the kids were happily and entertained and I had a, a couple of cocktails in my hand and, you know, just just to, to absolutely switch off and knowing that all the businesses were, were taken care of, that would just be perfect. Fantastic. So on a beach, double parks, that sounds like a wonderful, <laughs> yeah. wonderful weekend. And so what did your nine-year-old self love to do? swim as well actually and again it's all related about water I, when I was young that was my um oh I just loved swimming I was in a swimming club I used to swim my dad used to take me before school after school weekends um I, I got to um the well it was Edinburgh um that I was swimming in in an, it was a national heat I think because there was definitely somebody from Zimbabwe there and I mean it was hilarious because um I was doing the the 100 meters butterfly that was always my my stroke I was better at the sprint but this particular time I'd been asked to do um 100 meters butterfly so yes I would do it and I came in half a length behind everybody else and I got a standing ovation (laughs) (laughs) because I I made it but I just thought I you know I tried (laughs) brilliant brilliant my butterflies I don't even know how that's a stroke to be honest it's a ridiculous so difficult ridiculous thing to do but there you go well well done you for doing that And for, and that and for that to be your favourite thing you used to do as a nine year old, that's amazing. Oh, so, I loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, my wife Penny was was a swimmer as well, and yeah, she oh, she right. loved it. Yeah, those five am yeah. in the pool sessions and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Because people used to, uh, the, my friends used to say, "Are oh, you not bored though?" But I used to just love. It. I used to just switch off. I wish I could do it now. I mean, I can't swim so much now, but I suppose I, I, I don't try. You know, I've never really tried to to go back and do the training element. Um, I mean, once I stopped swimming and discovered alcohol and, uh, you know, meals out, that was it. The weight just crept on. But uh, that was the other thing that I liked doing about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, don't, it's good not good not to mix swimming with yeah. uh, with, with, with being double oh, no. parked on cocktails. That's not, yeah. Yeah, that would not be a good combination. And that, so, and then, uh, is there any, any such thing as a stupid question? Oh, nothing's a stupid question. No, I think the only way you learn is by asking questions. And I always used to be frightened to ask questions at school. I never used to put my hand up and I always used to kick myself because if, if somebody asked the question, I used to think, oh, I should have I should have asked that or I should have put my hand up to answer that. But, uh, you know, nothing's stupid. It's stupid if you don't ask it. Brilliant. Thank you. And then um, what makes you cry with laughter? Cry with laughter. Oh, just daftness. Just don't take things too seriously. 
Um, you know, it just, I think when well, my, my kids, because some, I think they've all been here before because some of the one-liners that, that they come out with will, will, will just, I mean, they probably wouldn't be funny if I, you know, it probably had to be there, but <laughs> it's, it, it, you know, just being in a daft situation um, with my kids, really, that, that we often have just proper belly laughs, you know. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And uh, who inspires you the most and why? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, I probably would have to say Rob Moore from Progressive Property, to be honest with you, because I listen to a lot of what, what he says on social media. He's obviously in, in the property industry um, and... I, Yes, he's a good salesman, but a lot of if you listen to what he says and the history behind where he's come from and his family and his dad, his values, his core values are, are very, very um, inspirational, I think. And, you know, he, he came from from nowhere. Um, and, and he, God, I wouldn't mind being a penny behind him now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's good. Well, I'm sure he'd be very pleased to hear that. That's good. That's good, good, good. Okay, so I've got a couple more questions then, just, 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 okay. to, just to round up. So what's the most important lesson you've learned? The most important lesson I've learned in life is to be true to yourself um, and follow your dreams. Um, because I think you're the only person that can can make it happen. Um, you know, just believe in yourself. Uh, and if you want something bad enough, you will make it happen. Brilliant. Thanks, Michelle. Where can no people way. find you and follow your work? Um, well, I'm, I'm, it's www.aqualettings.co.uk and um, my mentoring Oh my goodness, it's www.michellewsmith.co.uk for the mentoring side of things. If they want to read a little bit about me and join, you know, have a half an hour free call to see whether I can help. Um, or, you know, they're welcome to ring the office, um, Aqua Office, so, which they'll find the number on the Aqua Lettings website. So I'm always available for, for a chat, you know. Brilliant. Well, thanks ever so much for coming on People With Purpose. It's been great to hear your story and, uh, yeah, fabulous, all the things that you're doing. And, and I, like I say, how you find the time to, to, to balance business, multiple businesses, a property portfolio, uh, a family, and, you know, all the good stuff you do to help other people, I think is brilliant. So keep on, keep on going. You're, you're, you're oh, doing, you're doing you. brilliant. Well done. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> Pleasure. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye. Bye.